Hey guys, you're listening to the first episode of my new podcast, Young People's Lives. My name's Lauren and I'm the host of this podcast. Young People's Lives is going to be a platform that shares real life experiences with the aim of encouraging others to speak out. Today, we're going to be talking about depression and anxiety. Alongside me, I have the lovely Kim. Hey, Kimmy. Hello, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad, thanks. So I just thought I would start off the podcast every week by having a weekly check-in. Um, so every morning when I wake up, I just uh, I have a quick check-in with myself and see how I'm feeling. Uh, so I just wanted to ask you, Kimmy, how are you feeling? Are you feeling happy? Um, I think I'm okay today. I've had a pretty busy week, so a little bit stressed out at some points in the week. But um, I was feeling a bit wonky this wonky. morning <laughs> we so do love the word wonky don't yeah, we um i had a little word with myself yeah and Always managed to, to kind of like pull myself out of it and um yeah i feel okay so how about you good yeah so this morning i woke up i wasn't feeling too good but um, I kind of recognised that. And then I just thought, you know, I'd done my little gratitude list, as I always do. And that kind of perked me up a bit. And I just thought, yeah, things could be a lot worse. Yeah. So, yeah, no. Uh, it was uh, a good start to the day. It yeah. was a bit stressful at work. But other than that, yeah, a good old day. Good to hear. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to the first topic that I wanted to talk about. And that is um, the stigma with mental health, okay? So how the public and the media perceive people with mental health on their diagnosis and how detrimental that that can be on top of an illness so Kimmy what are your thoughts I think um, a lot of the time especially with celebrities the media paint mental health issues in quite a negative light so yeah. uh, for example um, we've had conversations before about Kerry Katona and yes. um, Amy Winehouse and um, even like Britney Spears, the time when she like shaved her head, like when she going was going off through the rails, like, yeah, said, quite yeah. a traumatic time. Like nobody ever really bothers to report why they might be feeling a certain way or acting a certain way. It's always, oh, that person's had a breakdown. That per you know, it's always painted in a really negative light, and not how that person could, you know, be feeling truly. And it, it's just, I, I just think that it's just all of the stories sell in a negative light and it just something needs to be done about that because mental health issues aren't negative and if we were a little bit more positive about how we looked at them then I think people would speak out a lot more about them. So. I completely agree I think that we've kind of been brought up um, to believe that mental health conditions are something that we should be ashamed of when like in reality it's like literally the furthest thing from it Um I remember like when I was younger my mother like she used to she used to get sectioned quite a lot. And I was actually really, like, I was just petrified to even tell anyone what I was experiencing yeah. because I was so scared of what other people around me would say, like, I, that I would be, like, deemed to be, like, I don't know, I thought people would think I'm a freak. Or yeah, or that you'd be taken away. Of, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. That was definitely one of my biggest insecurities, yeah. I'd say. Um, I just think now, if I could probably give myself um, a bit of advice or anyone going through that advice, it would be to basically tell other people around you um, to make you feel a bit more comfortable with yeah. what's going on. Um, and also, I think another thing that is really important to talk about is how mental health should be incorporated into schools and in just in general, yeah, really. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we just we need to normalise, you know, mental health issues and just make people more aware of them and 
feel more comfortable to talk about them than to make it such a stigma. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, I'm going to talk about um, the next topic is going to be talking about depression. Okay, and I know it's a bit of a a personal one for me and you because, like so many other people around the world we we've gone through depression and anxiety start off by um talking about your experience with depression um and what age you were when you first realized you had depression um I think that I first realized that I was quite unwell was when I was like in my like early 20s and I'd had quite like a negative experience and I wasn't really dealing with it very well but I didn't at that time seek any help for it um I wasn't ready okay but um when I got into my early 30s I realized that I had been burying so many of those feelings that I naturally needed help because I was I wasn't functioning anymore and people were kind of starting to notice that I wasn't myself okay and even I and even I felt to myself right I need to I need to speak to someone. So yeah, it was early 20s and then I decided to get help in my 30s. And can you, if you can like record the the symptoms of of, of like what you were going through at the time, how, how can you like explain that, that feeling of, of having depression at it, the time? It was just like an overwhelming okay. tiredness. Mm. I felt like I had no energy. I didn't want to eat. I just wanted to lie there and do nothing. I I couldn't even do the simplest things. And it was just exhausting. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. It was just like, I felt like a zombie. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I just, I just realized this is not right. And it's weird because at the same time, my head was in overdrive. So I had all these racing thoughts, but I couldn't do anything with them. So, yeah, it was just really, really odd feeling. So how about you? How did you feel? Um, well, for me, I'd just say that the physical sensation for me of depression was kind of like someone was almost sitting on my chest all the time. But it would come in waves. So I'd be, I thought I was okay, but then um, I'd be waiting for the wave to come over. Like yeah. I was, I was so unsure of what was happening to me. It was like very abnormal, and I kind of, kind of becoming obsessed with the thought of like, what, what is this? Why can I not explain what I'm feeling? Why do I feel so sad? Um, and I just suppose I couldn't actually get through the day. As yeah. like I would prefer to be asleep. Like being asleep uh, is at least is, you have peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as sad as it sounds, like that's that's how traumatic and horrible that kind of experience is um and yeah for me it it started when I was what 26 to a couple of years ago and um it just took people like my close friends to say like I know that you're I know that you're not okay um and I don't think I kind of really saw it at the time yeah um but yeah I wasn't able to cope and basically my friend just turned around to me and said like you need to get help. You you need to go to see the doctor, um, and yeah, that's yeah, that's that's what I done. So I went to the, see the doctor, and they basically um, they gave me antidepressants, but they kind of just gave me that and a and a sheet of paper, and it was just like there you go, deal with it yourself kind of thing. Yeah. Well, that's how it that's how it felt to me. It's funny how like people who it's such a common thing for people to like experience depression and anxiety but the way people are treated when they go and finally seek help is so dramatically different yeah so I had quite 
a positive experience with the doctor. I mean, he was very okay, supportive. Good. good. I, I had like two weekly check-ins with him. He Amazing. did, however, like not push, but like he was quite adamant that I was to take these anti like antidepressants, and I really was quite against them. So, like before offering any other kind of form of maybe like a talking therapy or anything like that, it was right straight away, you need some like antidepressants. And he even said like, oh, I'm not going to say about putting you on a a waiting list for counselling because it's just too long. So you might as well go private. And to me, that's not always financially viable. Like you can't always do that. So like fortunately enough, I could do that. But so many people can't. Yeah, Yeah. so it's, it's, it's crazy how people's experiences of getting treatment for mental health issues is so drastically different in the NHS I mean you know I'm not slating it for anything at all I mean we're really blessed to have it in this country but yeah with mental health issues I think that they need to things need to be shaken up yeah because as well when um I was actually well I had to I I couldn't work I actually couldn't work I was off work for a total of seven months I think it was um and the the scary thing about it was I was I was on job seekers. I didn't apply for ESA and it was just like a very scary time financially. I, yeah. I, I just I just couldn't afford anything. That put me in even a worse cycle. Yeah. Like for, you just you know, worry. It's like yeah. a cycle. Yeah. Like, can I pay my bills? What am I going to do? And then you're kind of forced into like, oh, I might have to just go back now, even though you're not feeling yourself yeah. still. So, yeah, because I had time off as well. But yeah. How long were you off for? I was off six months. Yeah. Yeah. So. And how how did it work with um with go if you don't mind talking like about how when you phased yourself back into work like what were you doing at the time um what what job did you have and how did you get back into work and I was in a job that I had kind of just fallen into yeah um it was very like I felt like everybody knew why I was off yeah. And I don't like maybe they didn't, but but I've my experience of when I was in work and people being off, everybody knew when, when why someone was off. There was like no confidentiality. I felt like I didn't want to go back. Um, I kept getting letters from work saying like you need to call the helpline to help. get help. Yeah. Um. You you know they kept trying to call me to check in on me, but I think they don't really understand when you do have depression. You don't. You just want to shut yourself away. Of course. You don't want to talk to them and tell them how you're feeling because you just... Yeah. No, it's just horrible. You don't know how you're going to feel day to day. So for them to ring you and say, oh, do you think you'll be coming back soon? No. No, it's just really not a very nice feeling. And in the end, I just started in my time off, instead of trying to get myself better, I ended up looking for other jobs. Yeah. And just using my time that way, you know, so I felt like I didn't really have a proper time to get myself together, even though I was off for such a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. This brings me to my next topic um, that is anxiety. So it's very common um, that depression and anxiety go hand in hand um, and we know how it affects us daily yeah. <laughs> as what we're like at work, you know. Um, but can you just describe anxiety and your experience with it? And let's go back and just think about how you were when you first kind of started experiencing these symptoms and how you are now. It's so funny because I feel like as I've got older, my anxiety levels have increased. I don't know if it was because I didn't really think about them as much when I was younger or, Mm. you know, was aware of them. But now 
if I'm put in like an unfamiliar situation or um I don't know it can be something stupid like I'm not knowing the directions to somewhere I could it just freaks me out and it's like I get like sweaty palms and my heart races and I just kind of go into myself and I don't know what to do and I and it really really just freaks me out and and it never goes it just kind of you learn to learn to cope yeah yeah and it's it's you know it's just a really horrible sick feeling in your gut so that's how I what I feel what how about you do you get um I'd say for me it's like for me it's constantly like being on edge um and I get I'd say a lot of repetitive unwanted thoughts um and they're not rational no they they are really not rational at all so like I suppose now I'm just learning how to cope with my anxiety I I think as well like you just said like before I really didn't know how to cope with it at all and now I'm learning to challenge my thoughts and but yeah so um, did you seek medical advice like like, yeah at the time it was more depression than it was anxiety so I just yeah I I I got um I went and got um counseling um by myself luckily like I'd found a a place near where I lived that um gave um counseling for like a discounted rate for counselors that were just on the verge of passing their course oh amazing yeah so I got really discounted um counseling through that um I was seeing someone who like was like a month off of like qualifying and she was really really helpful um just kind of nice to have someone that was impartial yeah and non-judgmental and just you could just kind of realize why you had certain ways of thinking and you know reacting to certain things and just rationalizing why you did feel like a certain way of course yeah I found it really helpful yeah I think I went to um I went to mind I'd done a self-referral um to mind and luckily I just managed to get on really quickly like though I got 15 I think it was 15 free no it wasn't free I think it was like five pound a session but it was um it was amazing and Jerry, if you're listening to this, um, thank you so much because you really helped me through a very traumatic, tough time of my life. So thank you. Um, but I also, um, going back to medication actually, because um, I wanted to talk about this with, um, yeah, I wanted to talk about this with you because I think it's actually quite um, important, um, the the side effects of medication and how that can make you feel because I, when I started taking um, I think it's, I can never pronounce the names. Is it fluoxetine? That was one of them. Um, I started taking that medication and I actually, oh, it was a very, very scary time for me. It's, um, I think like initially accepting the fact that you're mentally ill as yeah. such. And it's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. It really is because my mum's been ill all of her life I've seen that's and I really didn't want to put that label on myself at the time you know so I think taking that first initial tablet was awful I felt terrible and getting used to that taking tablets I was freaking out and when I say like the symptoms I were getting oh it was it was just awful I was getting racing thoughts but like obviously I get them when I have anxiety but nothing to this extent it completely really just made me feel sometimes it makes you feel worse than you were in the beginning yeah for what you're taking them for and you're like is it really worth it to be fair though I was prescribed citolopram okay 
and I didn't take it. Okay. I just, knowing that I had it kind of made me feel better in a weird way. Okay, yeah. So I don't know if I was in denial or I just kept looking at the box being like, is this what it's really boiled down to? Yeah. So I kept going for my check-ins and then basically lied and said that I was taking the medicine, but I was kind of trying to make myself feel better. So yeah. like self-medicating in terms of like doing physical things day by day to make myself feel better the only thing I did take was sleeping pills because I just I just I went from sleeping constantly yeah. to not being able to sleep, sleep at all and which is another common side effect with yeah. um with these kind of tablets yeah. you know um but yeah also another um side effect that I got which was actually very scary which is very common as well um is suicidal thoughts yeah. I mean personally like I never I never, well, at the time, I didn't intend to act on that at all. But it was thoughts that were coming into my head that I'd never, ever had before, which yeah. was very scary. Um, and it was for, thank goodness, I had the support network I did around me because, like, I had, like, my best friend, she was being, well, she was just being brilliant, you know, everyone was around me. But, like, um, telling her and being honest with her and saying, like, I have I am having suicidal thoughts. And for she was just telling me that I need to monitor my moods and yeah. I need to like tell myself that I'm okay and tell someone when I'm feeling like this and that this is normal and if this is not working for me then I have to go back down to my doctor and maybe change my medication Definitely. I mean I was on that medication for just over a month really and I think that's how long they say I think they say it takes about four to six weeks for medication to kind of effectively work yeah um but it was all too much for me that medication so um I came off it um, and I, I think I, I swapped to Sertraline, is it? Is that, is yeah. that name? Yeah, so um, that actually did work for me and that helped me cope. And for the first time in a long time, I actually felt that I could get through the day, which is That's something brilliant. that I, yeah. So yeah, it was- um, It's it was, trial and error, isn't it? It really is trial and error. And that's what I hope a lot of people understand, like um, as, as quick as people are to say, oh yeah, go and get on the antidepressants. Like there are coping mechanisms and things that can actually help you um, feel a lot better. And like, what, what do you do now in terms of making your mental, because are you on any medication at the moment or? No, I'm not, um, but I always, know that if I do did go back to feeling a certain way or similar to how I did before I would definitely go back to counselling I found it so helpful yes definitely um but I I read a lot when I was off I read a lot of books same watched a lot of documentaries and Netflix that I hadn't had time to watch and yeah um I I started running again I mean I used to run before but um yeah Running just really, running just really helps me, me as well. Helped yeah. me, you know, foc have a focus, you know, on and a goal, and and it and it, you know, it just it helped me a lot, and I still do it now. And even when I don't get the time to do it, start I can feel myself like panicking that oh god, I haven't had my run, and I, you know, it makes you think oh, you know, I need. To, that's when I have like a little check in with myself and say like, no, I need to like look after myself this week and maybe change my not change my plans but like be back be back in my routine you know because I, I I think having a routine does help you when you've got depression because of course it keeps you on track yeah 
So yeah, setting def- goals as well. Definitely. I think I think that's really important. I think um, I set now. I set myself like monthly goals, like something to work towards. And I always find when I'm working towards something, it's so much easier to achieve. Definitely, and like having like um. And not beating yourself up when you haven't achieved that goal and just maybe carry yeah. it forward onto the next day or just, you know, don't always be so hard on yourself is definitely a massive thing when you've got depression because you think to yourself, well, I've got no reason to feel this way. But it it's not just you feeling unhappy. It's just an overwhelming experience yeah you, yeah you, you, it's not just feeling, oh, I'm feeling sad today. That is not what depression is. And I think that that's a big message that people who have never experienced something like this need to understand. Yeah, there is a big difference between low mood yeah. and depression because low mood is something that lasts for roughly about two weeks and depression isn't. You no, know? no, it can last a lot longer. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and I just wanted to ask you, have you experienced a panic attack before? No. No, you haven't. Okay, so that's something I just wanted to touch on today because I do get people asking... Um, like coping mechanisms and what to do when you have um, a panic attack. And it was something that I was suffering with quite a lot. It was it was happening daily when my anxiety was um, at its, well, at its worst point, I suppose. And I haven't had one for quite a while now, but there are different um, coping mechanisms I kind of use. And I suppose the, the best one for me um, would be to... I'm going to do it right now. If I'd say to anyone listening, just to breathe through your nose, um, count in four seconds and then hold for four seconds and then breathe out um, through your mouth for four seconds. And that's something that um, sends signals to your body just to calm down in those kind of um, um situations because it can be very scary and very overwhelming and it's um yeah it's a daunting place and I I really do feel for people that go through that on a daily basis because I'm telling you it's just yeah it's, it's not it's not nice at all but that brings me to the fun part of the fun part of the show and that is that is the game show and we've got I'm really excited about this part so we've got Andrew thanks Andrew for stepping in hey hello there hey you alright I'm good thanks good 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 so can you just do me a favour Kim play your little buzzer sound for me please mate I don't think this is. Wait, <laughs> where did you order this? No, from? no. Amazon. Oh shit! <laughs> right, hold on. You've got to do it slowly. <laughs> well, I might That's be a bit right. delayed. <laughs> go on, Andrew. Give yours a go. <laughs> That's just a recording that I done earlier because we were in the car and I didn't know what else to use. <laughs> so. Right, okay, so it's whoever buzzes in first, okay? Right, okay. Okay, so let's start. I'll give you multiple questions, by the way. Multiple answers, even, sorry. Right, so how many people in the UK will experience a mental health problem each year? One in two people, one in eight people, or one in four people? (laughs) Oh, gosh, you both at the same time. I didn't really think this through, did I? (laughs) Go on. <laughs> okay, what are we saying, Andrew? I say one in two. I say one in four. Okay, Kimmy, you've got the point. Okay, <laughs> so that's one point to Kimmy. <laughs> okay, leads me on to my next question. Which of these is a common symptom of schizophrenia? Is it hallucinations? I can't even get my words out. Hallucinations and delusions. Is it violent behaviour or a split personality? <laughs> Kim? Um, the first one. Hallucinations, hallucinations and delusions? 
And I'll say the second one. Violent behaviour. Okay, so it is hallucinations and delusions. We've basically, I've basically just got two buzzers for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> we could just like play them for the crack. Right, okay. So what, por- what proportion of people with severe mental health problems have been a victim of a crime in the previous year? Is it 45%, 28% or 12%? <laughs> Oh, I'm going to say 45%, the highest. Okay, and Kimmy? 28. Oh, gosh. I've gone off it. (laughs) Oh, no. I've I've gone off the question. (laughs) Um, Right, we'll come back to that one, guys. The suspense is killing us. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, we'll come back to that one. Right, okay, so what proportion of people with mental health problems experience stigma? Is it 90%, 50%, or 10%? Go on. <laughs> We're just playing them for the crack, literally. <laughs> Go on, Kimmy. 90. I'll have to agree with that. Okay, that's correct, 90%. That's a lot, isn't it? Yeah, that is no, a, lot. a lot. It's scary. <clears throat> How many people will experience suicidal thoughts throughout their lifetime? Is it 2%, 17% or 33%? <laughs> I can't believe we've just got two buzzers for fun. <laughs> yeah, come on, Andrew. Well, I'm going to say I was 33%, but I'm probably wrong. Kimmy? Sorry, what was the answer? <laughs> so it was 2%, 17% or 33% for people that experience suicidal oh, thoughts. I'd agree, 33 it's actually 17 percent oh that's good yeah, yeah. that's so better high. than 33 yeah. isn't yeah. it yeah okay so what country's prime minister was re-elected in 2001 after publicly taking time off for depression is it norway mexico or poland uh norway kimmy yeah, norway you're both right Okay. What proportion of people are... Oh, I'm meant to be tallying. Tallying who's, who's got more. I think I'm winning. Cheat. <laughs> no one likes a cheat. No one likes a cheat. <laughs> what proportion of people with mental health problems believe that their workplace stress contributed towards their illness? Is it one-fifth of people, two-thirds of people, or one-third of people? One-third. I'd say one-third as well. Oh, it's two thirds. Mm. So we've got two more questions now. Right. Is this winner takes all? These two. (laughs) Winner takes all, yeah. How long do the majority of people with a mental health problem wait before telling their closest family and friends about it? Is it two months? Is it over a year or seven months? (laughs) Over a year. Kimmy? Uh, Yeah, over a year. Right, okay. Yeah, you're both right. Um, Right, so which of these UK Prime Ministers experienced mental health problems? Winston Churchill, Gordon Brown or Margaret Thatcher? Winston Churchill. Gordon Brown. Okay, Kimmy, you've got that right. What proportion of young people with mental health problems say the stigma they face has made them want to give up on life? Okay, so that's 26%, 52% or 6%. Oops. <laughs> Kim's bus is broke. <laughs> Andrew, you can 52%. Take a 52%, Kimmy? 26. Okay. K- 
Kimmy is right. So, oh, Kimmy, you have won Woo! this week's challenge. <laughs> Just wanted to say thank you to Andrew. No uh, thank you, Kimmy. Thank you. So I think it's important to understand that you can develop a mental health problem at any stage in your life. It's important to have the conversations with your loved ones and realise when they're not acting themselves. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So these are ways of normalising mental health and we all need to work with each other in doing so. So we all go through periods of life that we can be kind of thrown off of track and it's important to recognise and um, understand, support ourselves and our friends um, to get back on track. So... Can I ask you, um, what is the best advice that you could give someone that is that is suffering or experiencing a mental health problem? I mean, at the time for me, like, luckily enough, I was, like, quite insightful in terms of, like, I don't feel myself yeah. and I need to do something about it. And I was just, I didn't speak to my family about it at the time because I knew that, so with my my parents, they're like a, a little bit older. So okay. I think their generation isn't as accepting of mental health issues as ours. So to talk to them, I didn't feel comfortable enough. Even with my brother, to be fair, he's just not one of those people that gets mental yeah. health issues. Yeah. He's very like, school, I am sad like, yeah. or I am happy and there is yeah. no in between. So mm -hmm. I didn't go to my family, but I had a really, really good network of friends Um that I could talk to Great. and I just surrounded myself with positive people because we were talking earlier we, about yeah, we really how were, yeah. um, important it is to surround yourself with positive, positive people. people or as you know as positive as possible I mean because when you're feeling a certain way you're quite vulnerable and you can kind of pick up, up on people's negativity and I'm not saying oh you know you can't be there for people when they're feeling a certain way but when you're feeling quite low you attract them you attract negative people yeah, yeah it's it's quite easy to do so you know just be aware of who you're surrounding yourself with completely and you know if you need to be on your own and if it's better that way that's okay too but just know that you know having people that are a, a good influence on you it, it means everything when you're feeling a certain way so I think that's what really helped me through so if I you know could give anyone advice I'd say you know try and on the days that you are feeling capable to talk to people that you know that you can trust and you know and, it, and things will get better so that's definitely my advice just try and talk to someone even if it's one person just you know don't don't be on your own yeah like don't feel that you're on your own yeah, I completely agree with you. I would say um, the best advice that I could give is definitely don't isolate yourself um, and always find a trusted friend and talk to your loved ones around you as hard as it is, you know. And even if you've got a friend that you can just go around and sit in silence, like yeah, that's, that's better than being in your own and being in with your own thoughts, really. Yeah. Um, and leads me to the next question. If you have a down day, um, I'll refer it to um, as a down day and potentially feel some unwanted thoughts or feelings. How do you cope with them? Um, I think especially more now that I've kind of met you um, and I've like gone to you and said like, oh, I don't feel good today. Um, the whole Anxious Annie. Yeah, yeah, that's me <laughs> pretty much every day. Um, you Same. saying to kind of take a step back and having like um, being able to just have a little meditation yes headspace or, is great yeah, for that isn't even it even just not even a meditation like not to sound like some people are like oh meditation, meditation. Airy, fairy. no, no. Yeah. just <laughs> gathering your thoughts and kind yes. of just saying like to yourself no i can do this today 
and I'm going to, and just being able to sit with your thoughts, even if it's just for five minutes before you get ready. Yeah. And just have like you have your kind of your little positive checklist. Yes, the gratitude list. Yeah. Just to have like to set you up for the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a really healthy thing to do. Um. So, yeah, just as best you can, kind of, or if you're feeling a bit wonky, just like be a bit, you know. A bit wonky. <laughs> just, um, just you know, have a word with yourself. Just have a be word. Like, you know, come on, you can do come this. Come on, girl. You, you can get up and get on. You know, and and that's okay. So yeah. yeah. What yeah. about you? What do you do? Um, I would say um, I've well, I've learned to challenge my thoughts now because. I think negative self-talk is probably like the, the most detrimental thing. Like we're, we're I, ha- I had a conversation with a few um, women that I work with um, yeah. and we were saying that there isn't a day goes by where one of us critiques ourselves, whether it be about how we look or, yeah, exactly. um, you know, where we are in our lives. And we all said to ourselves, um, this year let's make a pact in ter- it sounds really stupid but no, it doesn't no. like let's just kind of start being a little bit more positive and giving ourselves a little bit more, more praise credit. yes for what we've actually achieved amen so yeah every time now we're all like oh no i look like rubbish or oh i feel like no we just challenge kind of that say, thought no you know you're, you're doing good and you look amazing or just to kind of pick people up i think yeah. it's so important so you know. be kind so kim I just wanted to say thank you so much for taking the time out to share your um, share your experiences with depression and anxiety with me. Um, I hope this podcast has helped some people out there who want to understand living experiences and coping mechanisms with mental health. If you're currently wanting to understand more about mental health problems, please head to www.mind.org.uk. Talk about anything that's upsetting you. Please call the Samaritans on 116123. If you have any questions about the podcast or want to suggest a topic, then please hashtag YPL Project on Twitter. In addition, there are some great YouTube motivational videos online. Check out Morgan Freeman's Fight Depression. That's really empowering. And there's also an anxiety worksheet I will attach to my Twitter and Instagram handle, which is Young People's Lives Project on Insta. And as I said before, YPL Project on Twitter. Let me know how you get on with those. And for our next podcast, we'll be talking about men's mental health with two guest speakers. If you've got any questions that you'd like to ask, please hashtag YPL Project. And it's been lovely. I'll speak to you soon. Bye. Bye.